This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you're listening to episode 138 of the Catholic Foodie, Gluten-Free Round Steak Griots. Welcome, folks, to the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. I'm your host, Jeff Young, and today we're talking griots. Oh, my goodness, I love griots. <laughs> over grits, over rice, any kind, any way, I love them. You know, griots, as you talk about classic New Orleans now, this is typically something that you're going to find for maybe breakfast or brunch in New Orleans. And uh, But you know what? They're so good, you can eat them anytime you want. Uh, griots are delicious. Like I said, served over grits, served over rice. The recipe I'm going to give you today is gluten-free. We're going to talk more about the whole gluten thing in just a moment, right here at the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. That's right, folks, where food meets faith. And, uh, you know, I, I mentioned last episode we talked about gluten-free and, and, and how gluten-free is all the rage, and it is. And some people, I tell you, some people absolutely swear by it, and that's fantastic. I love the stuff that gluten is in, I know, <laughs> personally. And, uh, and, and, yeah, I have friends who testify, man. They testify to the fact that giving up gluten, going gluten-free really radically for the better change their lives. And so I, what I did in last week, I, I really kind of lamented that I did not um, have some sort of uh, expert advice because I am not an expert. I'm not. Uh, I just, I see what this has done for other people. And uh, my wife, who is more health conscious than I am, uh, happened to uh, purchase some gluten-free flour recently. And so uh, I decided to, to try, try it out. You know, try it out. Last week, I shared that with you. I shared a, a gluten-free shrimp and okra gumbo. And now in this episode, we're going to talk about gluten-free round steak griots. Oh, griots. My goodness. We're going to have to talk more about that, too. But you know what? For the gluten-free stuff, what I decided to do is to try to find some kind of an expert who could come on and talk about this. Now, not really. I didn't go call doctors or I didn't go call people who are certified or what I did is I went on to this, this website. You may have heard of it. It's called uh, YouTube. And uh, it's, by the way, it's the second largest search engine in the world, YouTube is. Isn't that phenomenal? That's amazing. It blows my mind. But uh, so many things that are there. Now, of course, some of that stuff is fluff and some of it is is really solid. So I tried to um, kind of hone in on a couple of things that might provide us with a little more information from someone who has credentials and may know a thing or two about gluten and what it is and 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 what is involved with going gluten-free. So I do have a, a couple of clips. It's only going to be a couple of minutes long, not long at all, but it does give us kind of a background to what this whole gluten thing is. And we're going to start the show off today with these clips, and then we're going to get into talking about that yummy, delicious stuff that I love so much, griots. Well, gluten is the protein component that's found in wheat and the wheat family. And although gluten is a singular word, it actually refers to uh, two proteins. And those are gliadin and glutalin. And uh, what happens is um, this, uh, these proteins act as a binding agent. So they bind food together. And the reason they're used so widespread in um, our processed foods is simply because they act as a binding um, unit to make food taste better. In other words, um, if you picture gluten to be uh, an egg, 
egg is a good source of protein, and you're trying to make a casserole or a souffle or a meatball, and you're trying to bind your meat together with your vegetables, the egg is actually what's helping you bind it together before you cook it. Without the egg, you're going to have a dry, crumbly meatball or a dry, crumbly casserole. And uh, that's pretty much what happens to bread when it doesn't have gluten in it or any kind of crackers. Um, so it's difficult because it does not taste as good. So in the food industry, they're putting gluten. Food houses are actually purchasing big vats of gluten and putting them in products that don't even... Oh, 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 that got cut off. But basically what she was saying is that they put it into to things that don't even need gluten, right? Um, you know, she talked about it being a binding agent and... It's funny. It reminds me. I kept thinking, you know, gluten is the, the word itself is so similar to glue, and that's the word that my wife uses when she's referring to bread. She doesn't like to eat bread a lot. Uh, I do. I, I absolutely love to make it and eat it and and share it with friends and family. And but anyway, uh, she's not really as into bread as I am, and uh, she's often refers to it as glue. I mean, bread and. And and other you know foods that are made with breads, whether it's um, uh, you know pizza, of course I love pizza. Uh, we also you know what we do because you know, the whole Lebanese thing, right? I mean we make hummus all the time, and I've gotten into the habit of buying these um, uh, the, this this pita bread. That's you know, one thing I don't like. Okay, and I, I've said this many times before. I'm gonna say it again. I don't like it when companies put all kinds of garbage chemicals really preservatives, all that kind of stuff into food because it's not, well, the only reason it's necessary is because they're, they're producing so much of it in order to uh, make money on it. They don't, they want it to, to, to live on the shelf. Well, I, I'm not interested in that. That's why I try to buy as many local things as I can, things that are developed right here locally, made right here locally. We get our eggs as an example from a local farmer. You know, I, I, we get milk from, well, well, um, we 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 do, we do have a, a a local dairy here that makes that 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 produces uh, a a whole milk that it really is full fat whole milk. It's it's good stuff. There's no artificial stuff in it. Um, it's it's just fantastic. So we try to get things locally if we can. But uh, there there's a, a place uh, a, a grocery it's a grocery store it's fresh market you may have one close to where you are but uh fresh market has a, a pita bread that's whole wheat pita bread and there's no uh there's no preservatives there 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 are no um artificial stuff in it at all uh it's just you know you read the ingredients it's it's flour and and water and salt and uh you know whatever uh, but there's no chemicals in it, so I love getting that. And I went, when when they have it in stock, I'll get three, four, five uh, uh, bags of it, and they come, I think, five or six to a, a bag, if I'm not mistaken. And I throw them in the freezer and I save them. But you know, when we make hummus all the time, and 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 we have the the recipe is right there on CatholicFoodie.com if you want to check that out. Uh, it's Char's recipe. It's it's fantastic, and people love it. A lot, of, a lot of garlic, you know. You got to like garlic if you want to eat with us, okay? But uh, <laughs> anyway, I love to eat it with the pita bread. That's kind of traditional. That's just the way it is. Well, Char loves to do uh, cucumbers, uh, red pepper, red bell peppers. You know, you can take those and, and, and slice them into uh, into strips and and use those, dip those in the hummus. So she'll she'll do other things too. We, I think we've done carrots before, uh, other other things as well. But 
those are the things that, that stick out right now in my mind as, as what we have done on a regular basis. Things like cucumbers, um, uh, carrots, and, 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 uh, and red bell peppers. So delicious. You know, it's great stuff. But again, it's moving away from the whole gluten thing. Now, we're not gluten-free, but as I've mentioned, we, have, we know lots of people who are. And that's why Char bought this gluten-free flour. And I think I mentioned last week that uh, Bob's Red Mill, which you can find at Amazon.com or you know maybe even in a, a local grocery store uh, close to you, they, they, they have gluten-free flours. They have different types of flours, different things that they, they can make into flour to be a substitute for what we would normally use in our recipes that call for flour. And uh, I, I was highly skeptical, and I mentioned this last week, I was highly skeptical of how it would work in a roux, but it did. It did great. It really did. Fantastic. And you're going to find out this week, you're going to find out now how it does in griots, but we'll get to that in a minute. Now, the whole deal about gluten, and I don't know if you caught this before, and the, the clip that I played from YouTube is really from, um, if I'm not mistaken, the woman's name is Susan Powers. Oh, no, Sharon Powell. Sharon Powell. And what I will do is put a link in the show notes over at catholicfoodie.com. For this post, right, this post is going to be about what? Gluten-free round steak griots, okay? Griots, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got two L's in it, kind of like Spanish. You know, in Spanish, the two L's, the a -ye is going to be pronounced as a y. Well, that's how griots is, is pronounced. Um, but it looks like grillads or grillads or something like that. <laughs> but griots, okay? Uh, so I will put links to these videos in the show notes over at catholicfoodie.com. And uh, the whole issue is that people have problems with gluten, or at least their bodies have problems processing or breaking down gluten. And that can cause a problem since this is a binding agent and it's not being broken down in the body. And so you may have allergic reactions. You may have... You know, there, there's, there's some research that indicates that possibly, maybe, of course, that's all research, right? It's all possibly, maybe. Um, it, it, it's a factor in autism. It, it maybe is a factor in ADHD. Maybe it's a factor in, you know, about a thousand other things. So let's listen real quick to this other clip. This clip is uh, another one that's very short, and it's also one that gets cut off at the end. I don't know why these things don't play all the way through. I know it's not my internet, dadgummit, but uh, let's go ahead and listen to what we can. It's only about uh, a minute and a half, and uh, then we'll come back and we'll talk more about griots. Well, gluten basically acts as an allergen to the body, and um, with a disease called celiac disease, specifically the immune system has an autoimmune reaction, meaning it looks as gluten as a foreign invader. So what it does is your small intestines will form lesions and pockets and inflammation areas. And that obviously is going to cause stomach distension, um, bloating, flatulence, um, extreme diarrhea, and then, of course, irritability would follow. Uh, some people report headaches, um, even depression. So there's a lot of different things that can come from that. Um, as far as uh, being in the autistic spectrum, when a child that has autism as gluten in the body. Um, the research that has been conducted pretty much says that the gluten, which is a large protein, can't be broken down. The enzymes are not, are ineffective. And what happens is the um, gluten actually just comes through this, the microvii, which are 
um, basically if you picture hairs sucking up nutrients, they suck this gluten up, but it's not broken down. The body doesn't use it, so it gets into the bloodstream, which gets into the central nervous system, which is, i.e., the brain. Um, and it creates hyperactivity. Um, uh, when my son has gluten, I can tell. Um, he will lay on the floor and kick the wall. He will stop um, all verbal cues. He will not respond. He'll um, cease looking me in the eyes. And these are all very autistic qualities. And it basically um, inflames and agitates his autism, if you will. Um, and then there's an, a lot of other disorders such as arthritis, um, ADHD, MS, um, it's even been linked cancer, that people have a um, gluten intolerance. And uh, some people that have gluten intolerance will also be lacking the enzyme lactase, which breaks down um, casein and... Um and, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's stopped again. I don't know why. Maybe it's, maybe it's because I pick high-quality videos to play on YouTube for you. I thought that may be, the, that may be why they stop. I, I don't know. But, uh, hey, folks, <laughs> I, I searched. I did. I searched. I went through probably 20 different videos. Some of them were just too long. Some of them the sound quality was terrible. Some of them were just, like, not worth it. <laughs> so this was really good content. And it was presented well. The sound quality was good. I wanted to give it to you, but it was cut off. I don't know why. But anyway, again, this is not something to, uh, I'm not trying to, to create fear here. I'm just simply trying to present to you why I even uh, uh, made anything that was gluten-free. So why don't we get into the fun stuff now, since we've talked about the depressing stuff. We can talk about the fun stuff, which is, Griots and what is what, what what are griots? What is that all about? Well, you know what? <laughs> I mean, here I am from South Louisiana. Grew up in Baton Rouge. Uh, I've been living in, in in New Orleans and then the North Shore, uh, north of of Lake Pontchartrain now for golly, I don't know, uh, fifteen years uh, or more. And um, you know, I, I grew up eating round steak at least once a week. My dad used to. By the whole round steak, he'd cut it up into small cutlets, and uh, he would he would dredge the cutlets in flour, uh, season with like uh, with with salt and, and and black pepper, and fry them up in a pan, and then he would deglaze the pan and make a rich brown gravy that we would pour over rice, and uh, you know the the look and the smell of that just it brings so many memories uh, back to me. And and we always just called it, you know, round steak and gravy. I mean, it was not anything fancy, you know. It was just something that we, we did all the time. It was it was good stuff. Uh, anyway, you know, it wasn't until I was almost married that that I first had griots, and it was called griots. And and uh, you know, again, griots is spelled G R I L L A D E S, griots. And uh, you know, this is what happened. This is how I, I actually tried it for the first time and knew it was griots. Uh, we, we were invited to a, a brunch in New Orleans, uh, and this was – it was actually a party for us. I mean we were, we were about to get married, and uh, we had a, a few different um, uh, showers and uh, I think, I think uh, just, just, uh, just parties. I don't know if those qualify as showers or not, but they were just parties, get-togethers, whatever – and uh, one of them was, was a, a, a Char's cousin in New Orleans. 
who lived at the time really just a, a, a stone's throw away from the place where they hold the Greek fest every year. And, uh, and, and, and one of the things on the menu that day uh, was griots. It was actually, it was, it was the item, the main item on the menu were, were, it was griots. And I can't recall now if it was round steak or if it was veal. I, I don't know. But uh, all, all I can tell you is this. It was out of this world. <laughs> it was just crazy good. Um, griots and grits. That's what it was. Griots and grits. And that's the thing. You know, oftentimes in New Orleans, you're going to find griots on a menu at a restaurant and it, and it's served over grits. And, and a lot of times it's served as a breakfast dish or as a brunch. You know, we, we love brunch down in New Orleans. I'm telling you, we've got, um, you know, yeah, I guess you have your breakfast and your second breakfast and your 11sies and your whatever, uh, you know, going back to the, the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, right? But, uh, you know, we do. We have brunch. And, boy, you can go do, do jazz brunch at different restaurants all across the city. I mean, it's just, and Sunday's a big deal. Boy, Sunday brunch is a big, big deal down here. And uh, griots is a popular item on the menu, whether it's in someone's home or whether it's in a restaurant. It's really good stuff. It really is a New Orleans classic, right? New Orleans classic. So, uh, you know, but but at the time when I when I had this at that party, golly, what fifteen years ago, uh, almost or around fifteen years ago, uh, all I could think of was the round steak and rice and gravy that I used to have as a kid. That that, that was that's what was on my mind. The stuff that my dad used to make, you know. But but griots has stuff in it typically that my dad doesn't like. Uh, lots of onions. And they're cooked down, of course, you know, onions and bell peppers and garlic and, you know, if you're lucky, tomatoes. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Uh, you know, tomatoes constitute one of the big differences between Cajun and Creole cuisines. Uh, Creole favors tomatoes. I mean, if, you, if you're going to have a, a, a gumbo and it's going to be more of a, on the Creole side than the Cajun, it's going to have tomatoes in it. If you have a... Uh, for anything, etouffee, uh, uh, griots, whatever it may be, if it's got um, tomatoes in it, then, then typically that's that's a Creole dish, not really a Cajun dish. And that may just be semantics, but who cares, right? It's all good, and it all tastes wonderful. So uh, anyway, uh, what about the griots, right? If you want them Creole, just add some tomatoes. Just just chop up some tomatoes and throw them in. That, that's the point. But uh, anyway, <laughs> many folks will peel and seed their tomatoes before adding them to the griots. Me, I'm not scared. I, I like the skins and the seeds and all the delicious wateriness of the tomatoes. I can hang with that. I'm not worried about it. You know, so for the griots, you know, if you're not limited, uh, you really aren't limited to to just round steak. You can use veal if you want to. You can use a, you, you could use uh, ribeyes if you want to. If you want to cook those down, you could certainly do that. But the whole thing with, the, with, with griots is this, is that that meat, cooks down so much that that is just it just sort of pulls apart it, it it's just so soft it's so tender it, it just it just almost strings it's like almost like strings you know it just kind of pulls apart uh that that's that is just delicious and when you have the 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 juice that's part of the griots that's what it's all about that's what it's all about so um you know it really is it's breakfast. It's 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 brunch. 
It's just pure comfort food. You can eat it whenever you want, whenever you want. We do it on, on Sunday night, too. It's not a big deal. Nothing like rice and gravy, nothing like griots and rice, nothing like griots and grits. It's all up to you. So uh, if you're into grits, uh, you might want to try the, the cheesy grits. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you the recipe right now for the griots, and then I'm going to give you the, the recipe for the cheesy grits uh, at the end. The cheesy grits, I'm telling you, if you have it in you to do grits, this is the way. This is totally the way. All right, so uh, again, this is a gluten-free recipe. Why? Because I just happen to have gluten-free flour. Here are the ingredients. Two to three pounds of round steak, about a quarter inch thick. You know, you could also have the, the, the butcher cubit for you. That, that would help you to uh, tenderize that cut of meat. That really does help. So uh, two to three pounds of round steak, about a quarter inch thick, but cubed if you can get it. Uh, a half a cup of gluten-free flour. Again, if you don't want it to be gluten-free, just use regular flour. That's all right. That's fine. Uh, two teaspoons of Cajun seasoning of choice. You know, we, we prefer Conrico. We, uh, we like that. I've got a, a link right there in the show notes over at CatholicFoodie.com to Conrico and what that's all about. You can find out more about it there. Uh, a half a teaspoon of cracked black pepper. Two large sweet yellow onions chopped. We prefer uh, Vidalia. If we can get it, we prefer uh, Vidalia onions. Um, two green bell peppers chopped. Two stalks of celery chopped. Two medium or large tomatoes chopped. Or, you know, Romas do great too. If you can get some uh, Roma tomatoes, you can chop those up. You're just going to need more. Maybe, I don't know, five or six, seven maybe. Uh, uh, to compensate because of you know, the size. Uh, let's see, the tomato, the garlic, we, we like uh, lots of good garlic, yummy garlic. So we do four cloves of garlic. You can either, either uh, mince those or you can crush it in a, in a mortar and pestle. Either way is fine. Uh, four tablespoons of bacon grease. That's what I happen to have on hand recently. Or goose fat. If you can get your hands on that, that works really well. But what you want really is a, a, an, an oil that has a, a high smoking point. You don't want it to burn. So extra virgin olive oil is not the way to go. All right, Butter is not the way to go unless you make some compensation on your heat, right? Um, uh, you can't do the same. I mean, if you're going to use olive oil, use a, a regular olive oil to uh, saute stuff in. Don't use extra virgin because the, the smoke point, right, it, it'll start to, to burn uh, at a lower temperature, and you don't want that. So I used, uh, in recent memory, I've used bacon grease. I've used goose fat. That's all good stuff. I used a teaspoon of dried oregano, a quarter teaspoon of cayenne pepper or more, according to taste, a teaspoon of kosher salt or more, according to taste, three bay leaves, uh, half a cup of dry red wine, and then four cups of chicken stock. Now, Recently, I posted on CatholicFoodie.com my recipe for making chicken stock, homemade chicken stock from chicken bones. If you haven't seen that yet, please do go over to CatholicFoodie.com and check it out. Nothing beats it. Not because it's my recipe, but nothing beats making it at home versus buying it in a box or a can, right? Homemade is the best, absolutely the best. And you're in control of what goes in it. That's, that's the important thing. And then, of course, like so many of our uh, uh, Cajun and Creole dishes, you have to have some chopped green onions and chopped parsley 
either to go in or both really to go into the dish and to be topped, you know, as a garnish, uh, when you actually plate the, uh, uh, the food. So have some chopped green onions and chopped parsley on hand. Now here's, here's what you do. This is how you actually make the griage. You want to cut the round steak into two inch pieces, combine the Cajun seasoning, the cracked black pepper, and the gluten-free flour in a bowl or a large shallow dish. Uh, if the round steak has already been cubed, then simply coat both sides of the round steak with the flour mixture and rub it in by gently tapping each side with your fingers. Uh, if the round steak has not been cubed, then what you want to do is coat each side of the round steak with the flour mixture and then rub it in by lightly pounding each side with a meat mallet or even I have a uh, a metal measuring cup like you know we've got uh, some steel measuring cups uh one cup half a cup quarter cup you know the half cup and the one cup i have learned over time they make great mallets <laughs> so you can do that you can just kind of pound the, that meat uh on, on both sides lightly uh with a measuring cup if you have a, a steel one and then you want to take that and just set it aside in a large cast iron or even a stainless steel pot or Dutch oven. You want to heat the oil over medium-high heat. Uh, again, bacon grease, goose fat, great for this. Um, you want something with a high smoke point. And then you want to uh, add enough of the round steak. Once it's hot, you want to add enough of the round steak to coat the bottom of the pot. Brown evenly on both sides for about five minutes, and you want to set that aside. Repeat the process until all the round steak is browned. Then finally, you want to add the onions, the celery, the bell pepper to the pot. Stir it well. Scrape at the bottom and the sides of the pot. That's why I love uh, metal utensils, metal uh, big metal spoons and, and spatulas. You want to scrape the bottom and the sides of the pot to loosen any of the browned particles from the round steak. And you continue stirring often. You want to cook the veggies down uh, until they, they start to soften and become translucent. It's about seven minutes or so depending on the heat and on, on the particularities of your stove. And uh, then you want to add the tomatoes and the garlic, and you continue to cook it for another five or six minutes, stirring often. And you continue to scrape the bottom of the sides of the pot to loosen any brown particles. You don't want things to stick and to burn. And and those brown particles, right, That what we call down here gratin, that gratin is so flavorful and so delicious, and it's just, oh, you don't want to lose it. Don't want to burn it. Don't want to, get, you know. You want to stir frequently. <laughs> anyway, then you, what you want to do is you want to add the oregano, the cayenne, the salt, the bay leaves, the red wine, and the chicken stock. Stir it well to combine. Reduce the heat to medium, partially cover with a lid. And uh, if you're using cube round steak, cook it for about 45 minutes. Stir it occasionally, scraping the bottom of the pot again to prevent sticking. Um, if you're using round steak that is not cubed, then you will need to cook it a bit longer between probably an hour, hour and a half. And again, you want to really kind of keep your eye on it. Uh, you're looking for two things here. You want the meat to be tender and kind of fall apart good, right? And you also want the griots to thicken up as it cooks. So two things you're looking for. You want the meat to really cook down to where it's falling apart. And you want the the the, the juice, the, the, the wateriness, the, the yumminess, the goodness there that is the griots. You want that to thicken up as it cooks, almost like a gumbo, right? Because what happens when you add that flour to the meat and you're, you're, you're uh, sautéing that and, and you're browning it on both sides and, and you're scraping the bottom, that flour is going to, essentially, it becomes a roux. It's already cooked. It's already part of that, that, that meat that has been browned. 
but it essentially becomes a roux and it, and it thickens up the, the, the griots. You just have to cook it down well enough. Now, again, you know, uh, the griots, this particular recipe, this particular night, when I made this, we served it over rice. But you can certainly, certainly serve it over grits. And then you want to garnish it with uh, chopped green onions, chopped parsley. Uh, you may want to keep a bottle of hot sauce on hand just in case. And uh, we prefer crystal or Louisiana hot sauce or um, uh, Tabasco. Tabasco is very good too. Now, if you're into grits and you want to try this cheesy grits uh, variation, you certainly can. It's really, really good. But you, basically what you, what you want to do is you want to prepare two cups of traditional grits, not the instant stuff, right? We're talking about the traditional grits. And you want to prepare them according to package directions. Then you mix them well with three beaten eggs, uh, half a pound, right? Not half a cup, half a pound <laughs> of grated cheddar cheese, one cup of milk, and half a cup of butter. Not half a stick, half a cup of butter. <laughs> Make sure that it's all mixed together well, uh, and then bake it for 45 minutes at uh, 350 degrees. And you want to serve that hot. You do what you could do on a plate or a bowl. You just uh, serve a scoop of those grits, put that right there in the center. You have either a, a plate or a bowl, and then just ladle some of that, that the, the griots right there on top, and then put the, the chopped green onions and the chopped uh, parsley and just have some hot sauce on hand. Oh, my goodness. I'm telling you that stuff is fantastic. I'm getting hungry just talking about it. So it looks like I'm going to have to make some more real soon. And you, if you make this recipe, uh, round steak, whether it's gluten-free or not, round steak, griots, let me know. I want to know. You can always leave feedback for the Catholic Foodie by calling 985-635-4974. That's the listener feedback line, 985-635-4974. Or you can email me at jeff at catholicfoodie.com, and uh, I will be certain to get your message, and I'd love to share it with all the listeners here on the show. So we're going to take a quick break, and I'll be back in just a moment. Here's a way you can be creative on a daily basis. Well, how else in your life can you actually create new things every day? And you have to eat. This mm -hmm. is the thing we all agree on. If you're going to eat three times a day to the day that you die, why not be good at it? Again, folks, you can always... Give me a call at 985-635-4974, or you can email me at jeff at catholicfoodie.com. I'd love to hear from you. I want to know what's going on in your kitchen. And if you have a moment or two, I'd really love to ask you to do something for me. If you have a moment or two, go to iTunes for me. Go to iTunes and uh, and and rate the Catholic Foodie. I'm, I'm very happy, by the way, very happy to have so many five-star ratings over at iTunes. That's a, a phenomenal thing that, that really does humble me, and it, and it just excites me because, I mean, people love to talk about food and faith, and that's awesome. <laughs> so uh, if you don't mind, if you have a few minutes, just go to iTunes. You can leave a, a, a review if you want. You can type some stuff up and say, man, that, that Jeff Young, he, he can talk about food. And, you know, you, you can even say that what's, what lots of folks say to me all the time, I sure do wish he could cook for me. <laughs> <laughs> and if I had the time and I had the resources, I'd love to because I love to cook. 
But, uh, you know, folks have done that. They've, they've left comments over there at iTunes. They, they've rated the Catholic Foodie over at iTunes. And if you don't mind taking just a moment to do that, I would certainly appreciate it. So please do do that. Uh, please do do that. And, uh, it, and when and if you do, let me know. Give me a call, 985-635-4974, or shoot me an email, jeff at catholicfoodie.com. We're moving away from the gluten-free stuff, folks. This was the only two recipes I have have done with gluten-free. So uh, next week, we've got more good goodies coming your way that will be full of gluten, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> so stay tuned. And until next time, bon appétit.